Today on the Locked On Blues podcast, the St. Louis Blues take on a familiar foe in the Vancouver Canucks tonight, late game, 10 p.m. Eastern, so we're getting this episode out ahead of that game, so hopefully you're listening to it right as it drops, because uh, we got a lot to talk about. Billy Husso is getting the start tonight, would be his, I believe his seventh start in the last eight games. Ladies and gentlemen, we got a goalie controversy. It is official. Lots to talk about. We haven't really dipped our toes into it too much, so that's what's going to the first half of today's episode is going to be about. Segment one and two ish will be about Huso over Huso versus Biddington, and then we'll close out the episode talking about the game and giving our picks for locked on player of the game. Make sure you stay tuned. Your locked on Blues, your daily podcast on the St. Louis Blues, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day ladies and gentlemen welcome back to the lockdown blues podcast part of the lockdown podcast network and your number one source for daily blues content i'm josh i'm joined by my co-host as always thomas welch and we got a busy episode for you guys today uh st louis blues take on the vancouver connects tonight at 10 p.m eastern so like i said we're getting this out before that game lots to talk about in there but the real story is billy huso Without question now, is the Blues' number one starter. No more of this 1A, 1B stuff. Huso started, I think, 7 of the last 8, 12 of the last 15, something like that. Um, 8 of the last 10, yeah. So, it's his net for the time being. And uh, he's a free agent this offseason. Jordan Bennington has, after this year, 5 years left at $6 million a year. Lots to talk about before we get into that uh, mess of a subject. I want to thank anyone and everyone out there for making Lockdown Blues your first listen. We are free and available on all podcast platforms. Thanks for making us part of your daily routine. All right, Tommy. So we got it. We got to rip the Band-Aid off. We've been kind of dancing around it these last few weeks because the team as a whole has been, you know, exciting enough uh, in good ways and bad that we haven't really had to focus on the goaltending. But I think it's time that we at least begin to have the conversation of what the heck is the plan. You know, Billy Huso, obviously, free agent. The end of this year, Jordan Bennington very much not. However, Jordan Bennington is the backup goalie right now. So, first of all, I guess he asked the question: Would you, if you're Craig Ruby, would you have started Jordan Bennington tonight? I would have actually started Jordan Bennington tonight. I I feel like there's a lot of underlying factors here that go into this goalie controversy, uh, and you can say that Billy Huso is the number one, and he's we're riding the hot hand, but. In their last eight starts side-by-side, Billy Huso's save percentage has been 889, and Jordan Bennington's save percentage has been 886. Bennington's got a 2-5-1 record, while Billy Huso has a 3-3-2 record. So it's not overwhelming evidence that Billy Huso has been considerably better, at least recently, um, than Jordan Bennington has. So in my opinion, if I'm in Craig Berube's shoe and shoes <laughs> no he's just got one leg he's just got one leg just got it amputated um no but if uh if i'm in his shoes and i'm looking at the lineup here and i'm thinking okay jordan Bennington has struggled but we know that he can lead this team through and win a stanley cup billy huso obviously ufa at the end of the season um i think i have to start jordan Bennington, and i feel like one of the underlying factors here might be like obviously they Huso starting two times in three days, right? So to your credit, yes, it does look like he is the number one guy right now in Craig Berube's mind, in the Blues front office mind, in the minds of the people who think, 
what goalie gives us the best chance to win a Stanley Cup right now, it feels like the answer to that question is Vili Huso, even though they're playing at a similar level. Now, obviously, contracts come into play. Jordan Bennington's making considerably more money than Vili Huso to the tune of $6 million. So you don't want to be paying your backup $6 million. So does that lead, like, the casual fan or people that follow the, the team, like myself, to believe that the team thinks that they can move Jordan Bennington in the offseason. And if that is the case, because he has a no-trade clause, like presumably that would be a difficult thing to do. So even though Doug Armstrong said that they did not have conversations surrounding the trade talks of Jordan Bennington, even though it was reported otherwise, was that something that was actually spoken about and they did get to a point to where, okay, we're not going to move him right now, but we feel comfortable that we can move him in the offseason, and that's why we're seeing Vili Husso get the starts that he is right now. I don't know. And do you bring Vili Husso back because he's going to be a free agent? Do you sign him to a contract, even though he's 27 years old, which, Josh, you brought up before the podcast. I had no idea. I thought he was still a young like prospect coming up the ranks. Like the dude's up there in age, right? So like, what kind of contract do you look at if you do give it to him? If you do give it to him, do you have to trade Jordan Bennington? There's a whole lot going on right now, and I really don't know the answers to a lot of these questions. But all I know is one of these goalies is going to give us a substantial chance to win in the playoffs, whether it's Bennington or whether it's Huso. So we got to shore up the rest of the team, and that starts with another win against the Yeah, Bennington I mean, you mentioned the no-trade clause of Jordan Bennington, and initially, obviously, that's a bit of a concern. But the other side of that is if you go to Jordan Bennington, you say, hey, you can do whatever you want with your no-trade clause, but you're not going to be our starting goaltender. He's waving that instantly to go start somewhere, you know? So... It's not as much of a factor as I think I think we might think in terms of limiting his options. I think the biggest issue is his contract and the fact that, you know, teams are looking at the sample size and be like, okay, well, he was awful last year, like in his first year of the contract. Like, well, we don't want to risk five years of that. But I think there are teams out there that have had, you know, goaltending issues for long enough that think that they could get a bit of a revival out of Jordan Bennington. Um, it's going to be tough, though. I, I honestly think if they were to trade Jordan Bennington, it wouldn't be like a a hockey trade, I honestly would think that you'd have to give up a pick to get someone to take Jordan Bennington. Like Jordan, Jordan, you would. Yeah. Cause I don't think Doug Armstrong hates yeah. retaining. So like Jordan too, Bennington so in a second for like a sixth round pick, something like that. Um, it's the cost of doing business, unfortunately. And, and you know, uh, obviously it's a huge hypothetical, but like goaltending is an extremely important position. We saw that, you know, so many teams in the NHL struggle so much to find consistent goaltending. And in the one year the Blues had it, they won the Stanley Cup. And they haven't, you know, that was probably the most consistent goaltending besides like those years of Brian Elliott's freakish dominance uh, that they got. Um, and I don't want to use the, the F word, but might have been a fluke in the eyes of some of the other GMs. Um, you know, I'm not saying I think it was a fluke, but if you, it would be hard to look at his numbers and... That's the that's the pushback. Right, it would be hard to look at his numbers and be like, okay, he played forty really good games one time, and then was just okay after that. And that's kind of true, you know. He he hasn't given you anything that has matched the peak of that cup run, which would be hard to do. But like, I don't know, man. It's it's a tough sell to to the other thirty one general managers in the NHL. But like I said, there would be teams out there that would be interested. Absolutely, you know. He, Yep, Toronto. Yep, 
he's he's young enough to where you you know you could you could get someone that would be like okay yeah five years of Jordan Minnington great um but it would be a tough sell so that being said I think in this second segment I want to continue to talk about this a little bit and talk about you know how the team plays in front of each guy before we get into the the conversation surrounding tonight's game against the Vancouver Canucks but before I get into any of that I want to tell you guys about our good friends over at Built Bar now you've heard me talk about them a lot but I'm going to tell you again Built Puffs are their newest product, and they're amazing. They're delicious. They are protein-infused marshmallows. They're fluffy, marshmallowy. They're not just a protein bar. They're a treat, and they're covered in 100% real chocolate. Puffs are a fan favorite with some incredible flavors, including yummy, cinnamony churro, coconut marshmallow, banana cream pie, all so delicious. They're going to be your new favorite. They're my new favorite. And all Built Bars, including the Puffs, are covered in 100% real chocolate. Nothing artificial there. They're low-calorie, high-protein. You can replace your candy bars with these. They're better because a typical candy bar will typically get you two to 300 calories. But most Built Bars contain only 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. So many delicious classic flavors, including mint brownie, coconut, coconut almonds. Uh, And new for this month, white chocolate cookies and cream. They're all delicious, and new flavors are coming out all the time. So make sure you're checking out Built.com often. And while you're there... Use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com, and we'll be right back. All right, Tommy. So a big conversation that we were having earlier in the season surrounding uh, this whole goalie controversy and, and a uh, topic that we kind of talked about a lot even before we did this podcast with you know Jake Allen and Brian Elliott the St. Louis Blues have a tendency to play significantly different levels of hockey in front of their backup versus their starting goaltender. And maybe it's sample size. Maybe it's because Billy Huso has been getting so many games lately, but I don't necessarily think that that's been the case as of late. I think when the team was playing bad, you know, as in the last few weeks, it didn't matter who was in net. Or versus when they were playing really well at the beginning of the season, didn't matter who was in net. You, I'd be happy for you to, you to point me out and disagree, but... I think one of the biggest defenses of Bennington that he was getting earlier this season was that the team just wasn't playing good hockey in front of him. And I don't want to say they've been playing good hockey in front of him lately because they haven't been playing good hockey lately, but I don't think he's been getting it worse than Billy Huso has in terms of effort level in front of him. Care to agree? Yeah. No, I don't think he has either. I, I, I think it's been similar in like the effort level that they've both gotten. But to that, uh, to that degree, I feel like the product that the that they both put out at least recently like i said has kind of been similar at the same time so <clears throat> i'm not i'm not really sure what has kind of changed or shifted with this team recently but the only thing i can think of is oscar sunquist so here's a question coming Ooh, back your way me. josh is um did did the loss of oscar sunquist affect this team in ways beyond their roster like emotionally like because I think I read an article today, I think it was Jeremy Rutherford uh, was talking about like how the team found out on the plane on their trip to like Washington. Like They were all boarding the plane and Oscar Sundquist got the call and he stood up to get his stuff, said he was traded. Pareko said, like, Pareko thought he was joking with him and said, sit down, like, quit messing with us. And he's like, no, really got traded. Guys started breaking down, crying. He went around, like, gave handshakes to the whole team. So it was like, I don't know. I, the, I it just feels like there's a lot of commotion going on around this team, and I feel like anytime there's a lot of commotion going on around any team, it's detrimental to the success of that 
franchise, so I don't like. There's a goalie controversy. We don't know what's going to happen with that entire scenario at the end of the season. We don't know whether the team is like moving on past the fact that Oscar Sundquist, who was the engine and uh, one of the bright spots for everybody, one of everybody's best friends on the team, is no longer with this team. Like, are they moving on past that? Is that still hitting them? Like, I don't. It's just. Anytime you're looking at you know a good hockey team, we've talked about it a lot. Morale is so important, um, and there are certain guys that bring a lot more off the ice than you know any sort of numbers would indicate. And I think, like you said, Sonny was one of the most beloved guys in the locker room. Barubi talked about how we would joke with him, and and you know, anytime you lose a guy like that, yeah, it's it's gonna it's gonna hit you as a group you know no matter what you're doing if you're working on a project in school if you're hanging out with your buddies if if you know one of your one of them stops showing up and stops bringing the laughs or stops bringing the stops bringing like that that chemistry a little bit it's gonna be felt you know that's just how group dynamics work and yeah it's a business whatever they're used to it but at a tumultuous time when they really needed cohesiveness losing a guy like Oscar Sundqvist was probably pretty detrimental in terms of the morale of that locker room. You know, the, the team probably felt like, oh, wow, so we're losing one of our core pieces. Like, Doug might not believe in us, whatever, what have you. Um, I don't know. I, I I, mean, from a hockey sense, the trade makes a lot of sense. You know, you had to get rid of that contract, et cetera. But again, Jake Wallman, another part of that, one of Jordan Cairo and Robert Thomas's best friends. It, maybe the team got a little bit better hockey-wise, but morale-wise... You can't imagine anything other than a huge loss. You know, one of the biggest, best locker room guys in Oscar Sundquist and then one of the best friends of the young guys in Jake Wallman definitely, definitely made me uh, scratch my head a little bit. Like, if you're going to make, like, a, a such a non-move, why are you trading away two of the most beloved guys in the locker room? I, again, from a hockey standpoint, trade makes a lot of sense, but definitely one of the more underlying factors is, is the, the impact it would have on the locker room, both those guys. More that I think about it, like recency bias might play in a like factor there too, because like the Blues have just been bad in the month of March in general. Like even before the trade deadline, like they were struggling pretty bad. And so I, I don't know. I, I it could have potentially made things worse. I think, and like obviously that's a lot to overcome from as a team as a whole, like emotionally wise. But like these guys are professionals and. A lot of them have been in the league for a long time, so I'm sure they've gone through it before. But so back to, back to your initial question. Sorry to go off on in La La Land, but uh, back to your initial question of um, like whether this team, what this team is doing right now in front of its goalies. I think the fact that there is consistency in their play in front of each goalie is a good sign, right? And I think the fact that both goalies are kind of I wouldn't really say struggling right now, but they're not, I mean, they're not playing. One of them's not a world beater and one of them has been a world beater at like every point this season. It's either, it's either been Billy Huso or Jordan Bennington. You play the one that's been on fire. Neither one of them are on fire right now. So you kind of just have to have to like lay in wait and watch and see which one gets hot. Uh, but back to my original point, you can't even give Jordan Bennington the opportunity to get hot if he doesn't get starts. And even if he does get starts, like spot starts here and there, especially for like like for any goaltender, I feel like like obviously having like a rotation is a good thing, and having a one A and a one B guy is a good thing. But I feel like a lot of the success of goalies rides off of momentum, and you can't build on momentum if 
you're going out having a good game and then you sit for another four days and then you go out have maybe a bad game and then you sit for another seven days it's like okay at what point do you just like say screw it this is our guy we're gonna ride with him and let him build momentum and then kind of work that way through the playoffs maybe that's what they're doing with Billy Huso now because he's starting two games in three days they they believe more in that guy than Jordan Bennington I don't know it's all like I said yeah I mean you know it's definitely goalies are weird we talk about that all the time uh and as we've seen this season mental approach mental toughness is a huge huge part of that position um and you know Bennington has looked shaky he's he's been flopping around a little bit like he just hasn't looked settled in his crease um and I think that's absolutely due to uh the lack of starts but at the same time you know it's not like he's been below average he's been poor and there have been times when Billy Huso has been poor as well but differently if that like like Billy Huso has been bad just because like he's oh he has made a tough uh hasn't made a tough save here and there Bennington has has kind of looked like he's been getting exposed almost this year in terms of his confidence level that being said though look at the Washington Capitals the year before the Blues won the Stanley Cup uh pretty much the same timeline Braden Holpe got benched at about this point in the season a little bit later um didn't start games one or two it might have just been game one of the first round all of a sudden came off the bench got his consistent starts for the first time in months won a stanley cup so i don't think that what's happening right now is an indication that um jordan bennington is out the door but you know, it would take a lot for things to turn around for him. But we've seen it before. We've seen him kind of come out of nowhere and, and put in a good stretch of play. And I think he wants nothing more, obviously, than to prove the doubters wrong. So who knows, you know, come, going into the playoffs, if and when we make it there, um, I still think the jury's out on who's your playoff starter. Uh, I think you maybe start with Huso for now, but I, I don't think that rules out Bennington, you know, being the, being the guy that if they do go on a long-term run, is the guy that sort of leads the charge there. I don't know. We're going to be talking about this, I'm sure, for the next few episodes, the next few weeks, the next few months. Uh, But that being said, we do have a game tonight, and we've barely talked about it. So in the third segment, we're going to be talking about the matchup between the St. Louis Blues and Vancouver Canucks, giving our picks for lockdown player of the game and more. So make sure you stay tuned. All right, Tommy. So... The Blues take on a familiar face in the Vancouver Canucks tonight. They came away with a 4-1 to victory on, what was it, Monday? Um, winning in you know pretty convincing fashion. Now they're going up to Vancouver, late game, you know, in enemy territory. Basically got to do everything you did on Monday night, but do it just a little bit better since you're on the road. That being said, though, I feel like we know what the Blues need to do. I feel like, you know, they played consistent hockey. They played it. We throw it all the cliches, solid 60, whatever. But they play, they got back to their game. I feel like it was the first time in a while we've seen the Blues play Blues hockey from puck drop to final buzzer. There, was, there wasn't like a, a stretch of time where they really got away from that. The second period was rough for sure, but it, it didn't really feel like they, they at any point got out of their game plan. So I think that's really what it comes down to is just sticking to the game plan tonight especially considering they just beat this team. You know what works. Do what you know works. Don't overcomplicate it. Don't get it. Don't, you know, make it any any more convoluted than it needs to be. Play winning hockey. Yeah, and I think, yeah, you, you hit the nail on the head there. I think the two most important things, to me, that made the Blues successful against the Vancouver Canucks, like I talked about on the last episode, was the physicality, because the Blues... 
I mean, I mean, you can hang with the big dogs when you're the St. Louis Blues in terms of laying the body on some folks. Um, and there's not a lot of teams in the league nowadays uh, with the speed and skill that they have that also have the big burly muscle that the Blues do. So uh, I feel like that's an advantage for them as much as their uh, offensive power and high-octane offense is an advantage. So uh, to put... That up against the Vancouver Canucks is going to be big for them. But also getting on top of the teams, breaking their will to try to fight back. I mean, Vancouver Canucks have been up and down all season long, even after their coaching change. They started off real hot, um, but they still kind of been like a little wishy-washy. So if you can get up two on this team again, yeah, if you can get up two on this team again, there's nothing in my mind that thinks that, oh, Vancouver is going to fight hard till the end and like they're going to give you a a real battle and like, I mean, maybe they will, but I think the chances of that are, are go continually go down. Uh, the more goals you put up on them and the earlier you get up on them. So, uh, for the blues, that's, those are my big keys to success against the Vancouver Canucks. You want to do locked on players of the game too? Cause mine's ready and it is piping hot, Josh. It is scalding hot. A wise person once said any team is only as good as its I think weakest I link, right? That was me. I think I think no, there's been me. a lot of I, I I am I am said wise person. I, the only person yeah, actually somebody write that down. Every time you've ever heard that quote, just put a little dash under Josh Hyman. Yeah. Nobody else just keep that in mind while while I'm And if you and if you don't, you'll be hearing from my lawyers. Right. So with that in mind, there is one player that we've talked about continually on this podcast that has in our minds been the weakest link on this team. And you're all gonna do long. it. And he just scored he just scored. Listen to me. He just scored last game. What did he do after the game? He made comments about the hatred for the Vancouver Canucks after what happened in the bubble, after what happened in the playoffs. And you know, you can you can say like you hate people and like not really mean it, and like you can go out there and like feel hatred for a team when you play. But I feel like when you when you speak it into existence, it kind of materializes, right? Like if if you, I'm sure if he listens to himself, like reading that quote back he's like yeah like that team really embarrassed us in the playoffs and the bubble in front of no fans like we had no momentum and, and everyone expected us to handle them easily and we went out there and just laid an egg like let's go out and embarrass this team I think because of that and because of the confidence boost the Golasso got him last game I'm gonna go with my locked on player of the game as Marco Scandella right, so I guess we can just chalk this one up as a win for me then in terms of the the locked on, no, I mean I. Are you gonna pick the hottest player right no, now, I'm Robert not. Thomas? I'm not. What a I'm hot not. take that I'm is, not. Josh. Listen, I I like that pick. I mean, it reminds me of when I picked Braden Shen and said he doesn't even need to go out there and get goals; he just needs to set the tone. And with the way that the Blues are playing, I feel like they're just relying so much on emotion and morale that yeah, Scandella probably isn't gonna go out there and, and get you another goal tonight. He might. That'd be pretty freaking cool. Um, but in terms of like. But he yeah, can still have exactly, an exactly. And saying like, hey, like, you know, we got embarrassed by these guys in the bubble. We beat him on Monday night. Let's do it again. That's going to be Marco Scandella leading that charge. Mm. I wanted to pick Tarasenko, but now I feel like that's too mean because you picked Marco Scandella. <laughs> oh, come on. The guy that just scored his 500. Yeah, the narrative is the perfect. NHL. The narrative is perfect. He's, he's, he's unlocked. He's entered a new tier of, of six, whatever. All right. Well, I got it. I got it. Mackenzie McEachern. No, I, I got it. He's yeah. a guy that I've picked a few times this season. He He's been playing been, good, been though. Playing pretty well. Mac, Mac Daddy. Love the nickname. Um, Return of the Mac. And I had to tag you so. I'm going to pick a guy that, you know, we've talked about a lot this season, has kind of fallen off as of late. It, 
and especially a few games ago where he was benched pretty much the entire third period. Uh, a guy in Ivan Barbashev kind of lost his luster here a little bit as of late. Like was definitely the the most underrated player on the team uh, early on. And I was almost going as far as to say one of the most underrated players in the league when he was playing with his offensive prowess. Now he kind of lost a step in that in that regard a little bit. Hasn't been producing as much lately. But you know, I think with the, with the uh, emergence that he had uh, early in the season, and and you know, he's gonna he's gonna want to get back to that level, and I think he has the capability of getting back to that level. And if the team starts playing more consistent hockey, I think you know both of those guys that got benched, Jordan Cairo and Ivan Barbashev, will return to their former level. But more of the sneaky pick is Barbashev. So for that reason, I think the Blues are going to find refine their game tonight. And with that will come Ivan Barbashev doing the same. And to go along with uh, the physicality that I was talking about, you can't get a guy that'll play more physical and more with his heart on his sleeve than Ivan Barbashev. So I like that pick a lot, Josh, actually. Surprisingly. Wow. Okay. All right. Oh, you're just you're just embarrassed because you picked Marco Scandella. No, I'm not embarrassed. I stand by it. You gotta I mean, you gotta mix it up every once in a while, right? Marco can't Marco Scandella can't have a bad game every game. He just scored last game. He made some crude comments about the Vancouver Canucks. If there was ever a game for him to bounce back and lead the charge, like you said, against you know this what, team. Gonna, I, I want to manifest something tonight. And, and you mentioned, we talked about Marcos Candelable. I want to manifest more than anything. Give me a, a, a Bobo, Robert Bortuzzo goal. Give it to Sports? me. Sports? Oh, that would be nice. I, I like the vibes. I kind of feel what like What would this reignite would be a, the team be a Bortz kind more of game. than Robert Bortuzzo scoring a goal and just pulling some dumbass celebration? Because whenever Bortuzzo scores, he 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 celebrates like he's a fifty goal a year player, and we don't see it a lot. Yeah, that is but, true. Oh my god, how funny would that be? How much of like a attention easier would that be if like all the guys that are so stressed about scoring, like you know the, the Jordan Cairns of the world, and all of a sudden Robert Bortuzzo's like, yeah, well, let me see you do that. I just got a goal. I'm I'm manifesting it. You heard it here first. Robert Bortuzzo is going to score. I really hope it happens. That would be electric. You're right, too. He always goes sicko mode every time he scores because it barely ever happens. And I, it gets the boys riled up, too, you know, because, like I said, oh, yeah. it barely ever I happens. I want it to so be... Everyone that's on the ice, everyone on the bench I want it to be 11.30 at night. I'm, like, half asleep, barely able to focus on the game. And all of a sudden, I'm like, wait, wait, I'm like, wait, wait. Screaming. Who scored? Waking the house Who? up. Who? I'm, I'm manifesting that. He is my secondary lockdown player of the game, my honorary lockdown player of the game after Ivan Barbashev for all the same reasons, though. Uh, that being said, though, I think that is all the time we have for you guys today. want to make sure we get this episode up before the game starts. Puck drop is pretty soon, so you know, make sure you're watching the game. Make sure you're following along with us in our new Twitter community space. Is that what yeah, it's called? Community. Yeah, community. Twitter community. There you go. Like a Facebook group. Which we also have. Like a Facebook group. So yeah, we're, we're, whether you're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, just make sure you're following along. Should be a fun game tonight. Um, if Robert Bortuzzo scores, we're never here in the end of it. It'll be my, my magnum opus. We'll be, we'll be calling that. So Robert, I know you're listening. I know you listen on your drive to the arena. Make it so happen. <laughs> make it Please. for me. For, for just me. for Josh, yeah. For me. Nobody else. Do it, do, if you're going to do it for anyone. So that being said, make sure you hit that follow or subscribe button on whatever podcast platform you're listening to us on. Leave us a review if you're feeling so kind. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. Leave a comment. Uh, probably going to go and reply to all the comments from yesterday's episode right after this because, like I said, try to reply to every single comment you guys leave. We have a lot of fun doing it. So make sure you subscribe to us there at Lockdown Blues on YouTube. Hit that notification bell. That way, whenever we upload a new episode, you'll be the first 
to know usually comes out before or right at the same time as uh, the episodes come out uh, on audio platforms. And we're brand new HD. Finally got the whole HD thing figured out. So you can see our crystal clear faces, all the pores on our skin, all that good stuff. Make sure you're following all of our socials on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and TikTok at Lockdown Blues. Like I said, follow me on Twitter at Josh Hyman NHL. Follow Tommy on Twitter. There we go. At T Welcher 15. Thanks for listening. And as always, let's go Blues.